That is a great explanation, Adam. Wes, where do we start? Welcome to Such Small Portions, the homestyle Jewish food podcast where we cook together and try not to chew on Mike while we talk about it. I'm Jordan Tepper, Chief Confectionery Officer of East Tasty Candy Company. And I'm Wes Scoggins, chef and owner of the Jewish Cowboy Food Truck. Please remember to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It just takes a minute and it really helps. You can now email us at suchsmallportionspod at gmail.com. And today we're making Kugel Cups. Today's recipe is adapted from a recipe for Kugel from allrecipes.com. We're making a half recipe because we've learned not to make enough food to feed the polyphonic spree when there are only three of us. Hashtag nobody thinks about the polyphonic spree anymore. Because these are small little guys, our producer Adam has deemed these kugelitos. Which that almost sounds Ladino. I really like that name. Let's start with a little bit of history. Americans are most familiar with kugel as a sweet casserole. But there are savory versions as well that include vegetables and sharp cheeses. The savory version is most likely found in Lithuania and Russia, while the sweet kugel that we're making today finds its origins in Poland and Hungary. American Ashkenazi Jews tend to make lakshin kugel, an egg noodle kugel, often served on Shabbat. What kind of kugel did you really grow up with? Potato. Yeah. A potato kugel. Um, I don't remember what type of vegetables are in it, if any, but I just remember people saying, have the potato kugel. It's delicious. <laughs> my uh, my mom would definitely do an egg noodle uh, lakshin kugel, you know, de- uh, uh, definitely for Fridays and Saturdays. And she would definitely pull it out during the holidays. She would love pulling it out. During Hanukkah, she loved pulling it out during Christmas. And, you know, when we had guests over or family over, especially especially in the winter months, I think with all the cinnamon, it's a really nice warming recipe. I can absolutely see that. I think the only time that I was really exposed to kugel growing up was at like a bar bat mitzvah and an oneg Shabbat or on the uh, high holy days if, if there was a, a big spread. And you, you've probably gotten the impression that my mom doesn't cook, uh, but she did cook a lot. Like she cooked dinner every single night for us, but it was mostly just to, to feed us. And when we went to um, anything that was Jewish related, uh, we would be going to somebody else's house or to the synagogue and we would eat it there. I wasn't exposed to uh, sweet kogel until I met my in-laws who are from New York, but now live in Nashville. I, I I think a big part of it was, you know, my um even though we're not we're not entirely Ashkenazi, I think we might have a little bit in there. But, you know, my uh my mom's family are Sephardic in origin and uh something comparable doesn't exactly exist in uh in Sephardic culture. And it was one of many recipes along with latkes that she fully embraced and that she just pulled in every holiday just because she thought it was so nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see that because Sephardim, it, they're from Spain and the Iberian Peninsula. And Portugal. You, uh, Portugal. And so you don't have potatoes and 
a lot of that type of cooking there. Like you would be eating more fruits and um, lighter vegetables. Um, uh, I, I mean, we we do have fried foods. Like uh, for instance, we we have our own version of uh, the latka that is tied to a uh, a Turkish uh, zucchini fritter. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's really nice. And uh. Uh, we do have uh, some like fried zucchini dishes and, and stuff. Uh, as far as you know, egg noodles are concerned. I think that that's definitely an an Eastern European. Yeah, I can see that. And I've been to one Sephardic seder in my life, and uh, it was definitely a little bit different from with having. Uh, we had olives, and I believe we had grapes on the seder plate as well. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, you see a lot of influences from North African cuisine, a lot of influences from Mediterranean cuisine, and a lot of influences from Iberian cuisine. Which means, as with so many things in the Jewish tradition, kogel became like was eaten as a hardship food. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, very much so. And in at least the Ashkenazic sense, Eastern European sense. They would be using leftover bread and uh, another ingredients. I bet that they even use the bread to ma- maybe make the noodles. Um, yeah, yeah, it would basically uh, stand in for the uh, for the noodles, and it would have a, a stabilizing effect. It would uh, had a lot in common with uh, uh, what we think of now as bread pudding, uh, which it's it's itself was used as a way to reclaim stale bread along with uh, French toast as well. Mm-hmm. I can see that, definitely. And uh, I, my in-laws are the only ones that I know that actually call kugel noodle pudding. <laughs> Which I, uh, it's interesting because, you know, there is that connection to the, the, the pudding name. Yeah, I just, I never got it because they are from Long Island. And I don't know anybody else from Long Island that calls it noodle pudding, but I can definitely see the bread pudding aspect of it. Yeah, especially if you wanted to like make it relatable to people and explain it to people that have never had it before. I think comparing it uh, to bread pudding is a really good idea. Did you know that according to some interpretations of the Kabbalah, Kugel has spiritual powers and gives the rabbi the power to bestow health and food and... Probably diabetes. I I did not. This is complete news to me. That's surprising because you know everything. Uh, That's not true. Wes, would you ever try to make a diet kugel or a kugel zero? I think that that would be a fool's errand. I think that the point of kugel is its decadence. It's there's cheese, there's milk, there's butter, there's nice thick carby noodles. And and then and then we we bake it to a nice crispy caramelized sugar bottom and top. I don't. Yeah, no. I think that uh, you shouldn't try to taper that experience. And with that, so you should. What you're saying is that we should treat the kugel like you're eating a Taco Bell in the bathroom. Hide your shame from the Lord and onlookers, and enjoy it in private. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, uh, at, absolutely. If you feel shame about it, you should enjoy it anyway. 
Don't enjoy it in private. Share it. <laughs> have the whole fat. Eat. Don't don't have. Don't use diet cream cheese. Oh no no not at all. Um, I. Yeah the 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 real stuff. Okay, let's adjourn to the kitchen and make some kugel. Let's. We're going to make some kugel. Wes, where do we start? First, we preheat our oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Then we take the cheeses that we're uh, using for this recipe and we set them out in room temperature to uh, warm up. Farmer Adam, what is farmer's cheese? It's sort of a simple peasant cheese. It's it's a cousin of cottage cheese. I adapted this from a recipe that uses cottage cheese, but my mother, who grew up in Poland, in her kugel recipe would always use farmer cheese. Uh, and I think it's a nice texture. I like the texture better than cottage cheese for kugel. And since I did the shopping, uh, I imposed my rule. Where would you find farmer's cheese? You can find it in a lot of Latin markets. Uh, you can also find it in some supermarkets. Just kind of depends on uh, how well stocked it is. So uh, for the topping here, we're gonna be doing an eighth of a cup brown sugar and an eighth of a cup of sugar and half a teaspoon of cinnamon. The recipe calls for uh, a mix of white and brown sugar with this. We're gonna try something different and we got some uh, locally made whiskey barrel smoked sugar that we're gonna try in there that we sa uh, think sounds pretty good. It smells really good. I this, The smokiness is not overpowering and I think it'll add a lot of flavor. And this is just for the topping. This isn't actually going into it. We have some ground cinnamon and we're going to put a half teaspoon of cinnamon and we're just mixing it together in a little bowl. Warm pans here that we're uh, going to be using for this. We're going to cut some uh, parchment uh, to fit in them. So we're going to go ahead and boil our egg noodles. Uh, for this scale of recipe, we're using six ounces and we're going to measure those out on the scale. While the noodles cook, we can mix up the, uh, the binding agents. We're putting our mixing bowl on top of our scale and we are going to measure the, uh, the rest of the ingredients directly into the bowl. The recipe we're using calls for uh, two ounces of cream cheese and eight ounces of the farmer's cheese. You want the just normal, original brick of cream cheese. Not the, the whipped or pre-softened spread uh, that has other stuff in it. It's not as dense. You're going to be getting a different amount of cheese in the recipe. Okay, I'm gonna open up the farmer cheese. I've never seen this before, and it actually does look like a thick brick of cottage cheese. Yeah, it's a, a kind of springy, uh, bouncy uh, texture. It's not as creamy as uh, cottage cheese. I know a lot of people don't like cottage cheese uh, for the texture. Um, I would really, I would eat this with um, maybe like a pear or a Granny Smith apple on a cracker. Oh, paired with something sweet, that would be really nice. What do we do now? Yeah, we're gonna measure out the eggs and milk, sugar, uh, butter, and sour cream. Wes, I just saw you drain the noodles using a colander and you then put the noodles under some cold water. Why would you 
cause the noodles to be cold? Why do you want them to chill? Uh, yeah, so uh, we uh, we're cooking the noodles and we wanna uh, we wanna shop them. We wanna stop the cooking right now. We want them to stay al dente because we don't want them to get too soft. If we let them stay hot, they're gonna still continue cooking for a couple of minutes and they will they will get softer and they will reach a texture we don't want. So the butter goes in next. Uh, three tablespoons. Next, we're gonna put the sugar. Uh, uh, in goes a third of a cup of white sugar and an eighth of a cup of brown sugar. We now whip this together. And now that we have the mixture incorporated, uh, we can finally combine it with the noodles. You want the noodles evenly coated. Uh, that's one of the benefits to this kind of thinner batter is it uh, uh, evenly coats everything. And it's uh, that's also one of the reasons we want the noodles a little bit al dente because they're gonna absorb some of this liquid and firm up as they cook. The springform pans that we uh, prepared earlier, we're going to spoon the mixture into those. We're going to uh, put the topping that we made uh, with cinnamon and sugar on top, and we are going to bake them in the oven. Basically, I want to get a nice concentration of uh, noodles in. I'm putting the solids in kind of first, and then I can kind of finish off the extra space here with the liquid. All right, that looks great, Wes. Thank you so much. And now we have the, the topping which is the uh, smoked sugar, the brown sugar, and the um, uh, cinnamon. This smells absolutely fantastic. And I'm gonna place them right in the oven. Wes, would, would you mind opening that for me? And we'll be putting in that, them in there for about 40 minutes to an hour. Let's dig into this kugel. Let's. I think that's really tasty. Um, it's really good. Um, you know, I always have trouble explaining to um, Google to people. One of the things that I have tried to use as, as a descriptor or a reference point is like if mac and cheese and French toast had a baby. Um, I also compare it to like cheesecake with noodles in it. Like it's it's kind of like, yeah, how, how, how do you describe it? Um this is a point where the the uh, noodle pudding descriptor actually comes in handy, I think. But yeah, no, it 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 reminds me of home, reminds me of my mom, reminds me of holiday. It's really uh, nice. It, it, I I think it's really it's tasty. The way I had to describe it to somebody when I showed them the picture of what we made was I described it as an egg casserole with noodles. Yeah, which I I think that that works to a degree, but I I think it also doesn't like I I think people might have certain expectations with that and assume it's like a frittata or something and that it's more savory and eggy uh and I think people are, I I when I'm giving somebody a sweet google, I have to like prepare them that Okay, this is probably not what you're expecting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he here's a question. Just think about this. I'm breaking borders here. 
dessert lasagna. Um, that's a term that Garfield could definitely get behind. <laughs> uh, I uh, I think that 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 might be yeah. helpful for people. Yeah. Uh, you know, explain. Oh, the layers of striation of cheese, of noodles, of right. But now it's cinnamon and it's sweet. So when I'm biting into this, I am getting first the crunchiness of the noodles on top. Mm-hmm. I'm tasting some saltiness from the village cheese that we used. And I'm just tasting the dairy and getting that in like uh, going, getting going through my olfactory senses. And yeah, I think this is a really good comfort food. Some people use this as a dessert. Some use it as an accompaniment, as a side with the dinner, because the dinner is savory and this is going to be more sweet. Um, I, you know, I, I just put a little bit more cinnamon sugar on it, and I thought it was great. I'm going to try some hot honey on it. I think Adam's grandmother is going to be rolling in her grave when I try this. Okay, so I have hot honey. I'm putting it on a piece of it. Now, hot honey is spicy, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I thought about this, and I was like, while I was driving, like, what if I put hot honey on this? Because it's now spicy, salty, and sweet. First hit was a sweet, then salty. The spiciness came through, and then it co- immediately cooled them out down because of the cheese and the dairy in there. That uh, um, that makes me think of what is your opinion on savory versus sweet Google? Hmm. I didn't know that there was a sweet Google until I moved to the south, and that was when I was in middle school. I always ate potato Google and. It would have some raisins in it, but it wouldn't necessarily be sweet. Yeah. And now that I'm so used to the sweet kugel, I think I I would go sweet. But I think that it depends on my mood. And if I'm feeling sassy, I'm going to make it a little bit spicy, (laughs) too. How about you? Um, Google I usually make at home is uh, I do it with a Texas queso. And I call it my queso kugel. Queso. And um, got some roasted uh, onions and peppers in it. I remember I did that one year at the uh, Jewish Food Festival. And I had uh, an old lady come over and she said, I, I heard you're making kugel. And I'm like, uh, yes, but it is it is spicy. And she, she's like, okay. Uh, and she took a bite and she immediately went, that's too spicy for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's a too spicy and, that's a spicy kugel <laughs> and i was like yeah this is this is what i get my uh uh my spice tolerance as a texan is not gonna be this uh spice tolerance of a 70 uh, year old jewish lady would you bring this to a potluck yes i think it would fit in pretty well i think that i would definitely want to maybe dress it up a little bit um, just, I'm not exactly sure what I would do to, to make a sweet kugel fancier. I think maybe like melting some, some 
some brie, some sweet cheese on top, maybe some caramelized apples. Yeah. Uh, I think something like that uh, would widen the appeal a little yeah. bit because I think that this is excellent, but I also think uninitiated might have some some confusion about it. Sure. I think that fruit would definitely go well with this, even if it was topped with berries or something. Oh, yeah. I think, I think berries would go really well. Um, maybe some kind of uh, cookie or graham cracker crumble on top to enhance the crispiness sure. uh, of the top layer. Uh, I think that that like the, the softness, the crispy bottom, the crispy top, that textural difference is, is really, really important. Um, I will say, though, I brought some Kugel the other day to, to work, uh, gave three people that have never had it before, uninitiated, gave it to them. All three were very, very pleased. So I, I think maybe maybe I'm just uh, kvetching a little bit excessively. No, I don't think you're kvetching. I think you're just looking at other angles for it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's official. It's a hit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That reminds me, though. What about this recipe, if anything, would you change? Um, I think, uh, you know, some of the stuff I mentioned, maybe maybe some kind of crumbling top, you know, streusel would work re- really good. I think maybe some some roasted fruit or something. Okay. Uh, so make, make it a little bit sweeter, change the texture a little bit. Yeah, I, I think just add 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 a little, an additional textural difference to the top. Because one thing in here is... There isn't really any brightness, okay. And I think some uh, some fruit or something would some acidity, freshness. It might. Well, not a lot of our food is very bright, and you know, <laughs> it's, it's not this. This food doesn't have jazz hands, Wes. Uh, well, which is is interesting based on uh, how how many Jews were involved with jazz. <laughs> if you were going to ask me, which you didn't, but if you were going to ask me, what I would change. Uh, I, I think it's a little too salty. I think from the initial recipe while we're making it, I don't think I would add the extra salt for the reason being that the cheese itself is salty. And I think that that brought enough to the table. Yeah, I think the farmer's cheese, the inclusion of that, that is definitely a saltier cheese. Uh, I don't think it is unpleasantly salty, but I could definitely see how somebody that's a little bit sensitive to salt might feel like this this veers into uh, too salty. So definitely like taste your dairy, be cognizant of if your butter is salted or unsalted, and just think about how much salt you're putting in it based on how salty your dairy is. Excellent. Have you heard that there is a new food truck in town? <laughs> um, no, no. Bring me up to speed. Well, it is speeding and it's yamaka is flying off the roof. Oh, no. Wes Scoggins, a Jewish cowboy, has a new food truck. And Wes, like the Maccabees, we are dying to know more about. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really interesting transition. What can we expect from the Jewish cowboy, Yeehaw, in 2024? Uh, yeah, no, uh, I am getting pretty close to, to opening. Uh, you know, a lot of it is just getting everything in order with the, uh, with the city and getting all my licenses and stuff in order. And I, I plan to start rolling out and being out there, 
uh, every week uh, before the the start of the new year, at least. Right now, I've been talking to uh, Jackalope uh, and uh, Monday Night Brewing, and they are uh, two of the first places that I think are going to be, be having me. And with that, that was fun. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, would uh, would eat more Google. Wes, we have been roaming the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. If we want to find you, where can we find you? You can find me online at Jewish Cowboy Nashville on Instagram. And I'm East Tasty on Instagram. And the show is Such Small Portions Pod, where you'll be able to find pictures of the food that we are making, the recipes, and little things that happen during our recording sessions. Fantastic. Our producer is Adam Levin, and the show is executive produced by all three of us. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.